The Nerd Eternal Podcast Network presents... Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Man, I'm Too Old for This I am your host, the Todd Father, and joining me this week, we've got the full crew here. Everybody get excited. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> There's so, always one. Yeah. So, start this way. Introduce yourself. I am the experience that some call Jason. I'm the token post-crisis character, Tarky. I'm Danny, CDL113. All right, today we're going to be talking about comic books, the state of them, which ones we like, which ones we don't, which ones we think should burn in a fire that we set. Uh, we'll start out with the experience I'm called Jason. What do you do? Uh, about the only books I'm reading regularly are the Catalyst Prime line from Lions Forge. It's a new superhero universe. Been doing reviews on them. Uh, overall, really good. Uh, the first book, Noble, is probably my favorite. Fellas telekinetic, part of a uh, astronaut team that went off to stop a meteor from hitting the Earth. Typical uh, Armageddon kind of scenario. As far as the world's concerned, only one person made it back alive. Character in Noble, everybody assumed was dead. But powerful telekinetic, first storyline, there's an amnesia subplot to it that thankfully they don't drag on for too long. But it's really good. They did a speedster book that's okay. There, there's another book called Superb that I think is going to develop into a team book. You got a large cast of characters. It's it's been really really good. So the Catalyst, the Catalyst Prime line has got me back into comics a little bit. Where I had just given up on them. Uh, outside of that, there's a third party one called Punchline that I've been reading. It's okay, and it's ninety nine cents an issue, and yeah, I, I won't that encourage that price point. So I'll yeah, buy that nice. one on Comicsology. And I've started the uh, Raven Daughter of Darkness, a mini series DC's doing with you know the Teen Titans character Raven. So that one's been all right. That's that's really about all I'm reading regularly. All right, Tarky. I'm huge in Japanese comics, so my manga reading is sporadic, but it's always you know individual comics, no overarching stories in large universes. Um, for DC and Marvel, for some reason, with the two big ones, I'll read everything that isn't their continuous series right now. Like any one-shot storyline or short miniseries they've got, mm. seem to be where they put their good writers. Like, hey, here's a story that doesn't affect the universe at all. Go wild. Go, you know, just go buck wild on it. <laughs> and they do well with it. And it yeah. reads really well. You know, take the first Marvel Zombies, for instance, was real good. So good that they made a second. And a third. Then uh, they made it a continuous. And then yep. it started getting weird and bad. Yeah. They, they ran that one into the ground. But it's because it was a cash cow the first time around because you were allowed to go buck wild. And people liked seeing the buck wild miniseries. Yeah. That's why people always like the what ifs out of Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Elseworlds out of DC. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm reading through Injustice 2 now, and, you know, it's sad to see some characters show up because, you know, they're about to die, but, and Injustice 1. And then I recently read a really old one, Emperor Joker. Yeah. 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 That was a good one. Which ruined Injustice for me, though, because it reminds me of what they've done with Superman in recent history compared to the old Superman who was. Oh no, I've accidentally. I mean, spoilers for Emperor Joker, even though it's probably as old as I am. But you know, it's, oh no, I've killed Lois Lane through these things. But see, she said she had hope in me, so I will keep hope. Where an injustice it was, oh no, I've been tricked by the Joker into killing Lois Lane. The exact thing that happened in Emperor Joker. And he goes, well, I'll just become a murderous monster now. <laughs> I guess that's what it's. 
It, yes, so that's what it's time to become. Well, that's the natural progression of the new potatoes in here, anyway. That's true. I, I could see him easily going. He's, he's somebody that would snap pretty quick. Yeah. It, he's already close. It was just weird because I read him and Justin like, oh, okay, this is, you know. But that, that's kind of the way they had him in the movie. I mean, it's like. Yeah, well, the movie version is basically the new Yeah, yeah that's, that's New 52 Superman. Old, old school Superman that I grew up with was a Boy Scout. Was Boy Scout. Yeah, he didn't kill people. And in the new movies, you know, like that. Yeah. He would, you know. I still have fun that people try and take that. And go, well, it was just as odd. It was this. Yeah, but explain that African dude that he, like, punched through two buildings. I'm pretty sure he didn't get up after that. I mean, yeah. He threatened people with heat vision. Pretty much every time you've seen him cinematically, he has threatened some damn body with, you know, being fried. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He did a much better job in Justice League of saving civilians, though. That's true. Yeah. He did. He did of course, part that. of that may have been that Whedon had taken over that. Yep. And that's and, what I'm giving credit to. And Whedon was big in Avengers 2, specifically of showing them saving regular people. Yeah. Because he watched Man of Steel. But yeah, as far as that, like, for some reason I can't get into their continuous stories. Probably for the same reason I can't get into a lot of things of they're trying to attach too much at once. Because they'll get, you know, with current comics, they'll get the writer and go... All right, this is the main story you got to do. And it gets like two or three chapters in, main story's going well. All right, now it has to attach to this side plot. Okay, I'm, I'm a little off, but I'll, I'll curve back. Now you attach to this. Well, okay, I'm curving more, curving more. Now you have attached to these two things. This one's going to end the universe, so you've got to get ready for that. But this one's going to restart it, so get prepped. Like, yeah. I, I can't write my main story for all the side stories I've got to curve into. That, all, all the big events that are going to come through interrupt right. Yeah, here. that's pretty much, uh, what was it, Secret War? Pretty much ruined... Really, the best run they've done on Hulk in God knows how long. The one with uh, Doc Green. Mm. Doc Green was cool as hell, but they abruptly just end it because they were getting ready to go into uh, they would the incursion stuff that led into Secret War and Earth Prime and all that stuff. Truthfully, I think your big events they need to just be miniseries. Yeah, true. Tie in issues if you can fit them in there, maybe. But either do it, you know, as its own miniseries, or do it like Galactic Storm back in the day. That was a well-handled one, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight's Melt with DC right now, it's its own miniseries, and it jumps into other books, but it'll just be for like an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll have uh, a tie-in issue. Yeah, yeah. You'll have a tie-in every now and then, but it, it the regular story just keeps kind of going. That's a pretty good one. I've been enjoying that yeah, one so far. Yeah, because, like... With with me, I've been going back and reading uh, like Green Arrow, not Arrow from the TV, yeah. but, but the Green Arrow. Green Arrow, and uh, I had not uh, read this uh, particular run of Green Arrow, so I started with issue one, and I've been going back and reading it, and I got to the issue with uh, that you're talking about where it picks yeah, up with picks up with Dark Knight's Metal. Dark, Dark Knight's Metal, and it's one issue, and then it jumps. After that issue, it jumps right back into the storyline of the mission that Ollie was in, and yeah. it's and you can literally just if you wanted to have skipped that dark issue of Dark Knight's Metal, that yeah, he was you can in, you can, and it's like wow, finally somebody used some brain cells, you know, and the only thing is like the first two pages of that one thing Ollie has ridden into the city that he was going to, something happens. All of a sudden, he's now in Dark Knight's Metal. It's going on the first two pages of the next book. It's ending, and now he can finally <clears throat> start up with what he was there for in the first book. And it's like, okay. 
And to give more credit, I think on the front page it says Dark Knight Metal tie-in. Yeah, yeah. It warns you. This hey. is the issue that ties into Dark Knight Metal. If you want to avoid it, avoid it. Yeah, and so, you know, that, that's that been, and all the other books have been the same way in, in, with DC on that one. And uh, so I've been, I've been reading that. Been reading the Harlequin Quinn books, the two books she's got out, just for something comedic and light. The books I've been really enjoying have been the uh, the Last Zombie uh, miniseries. Uh, there's like three or four of them. Uh, it's a five-issue book set, each one. You got like Last Zombie Outbreak, Last Zombie... So it's like how Dark Horses do the mask? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah, like five, the first one's five things. issues. Yeah. They're 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 on a on a mission, and then the next one they're on still on the mission, and the next set they're still you know it it, it it's marking their journey from one side of America to the other, from the west coast to the east coast, and it's all done in black and white. It it's but it's real cool the way it's written, and uh, can't think of the name of the uh, book company that does it, but it's a real good series of books. Uh, I've also been reading the. Uh, um, told you. Did you have failed? You have failed as your job. Good yes, lord. I know. And that's it. You don't get a chance to sit there, sit there and think about it while I do mine. So we'll have you know. Um. 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 <laughs> the Game of Thrones. Uh. The. How in the hell did you forget Game of Thrones? Yeah, I know. My brain. <laughs> I was sitting there, I could see the book in my head, but I could not think of the, the, the name of the books. I've been reading the uh, comic book adaptation of the Game of Thrones and the uh, Hedge Knight series, the two miniseries they did of the Hedge Knight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd seen the uh, stuff before, but never got a chance to read it. I, uh, I'd read the Hedge Knight, uh, the novel, but I'd never read the uh, comic book adaptation. They did a real good job with it. So, if you like the Robert, uh, where are Not George, George, R. George R. R. Martin stuff, pick that up. All right. For me, I, I guess I'm the one that's the big two then. Because while I read Lion Forge, well, I read Noble and Superb. Yeah, I'm, I'm still Marvel Zombie. I'm, you know, X-Men Gold and... Uh, the Avengers, they're they've got a story running through their books called No Surrender with uh, the Games Master, the Elders of the Universe. You got the a new version of the Creed Lethal Legion going up against uh, the Black Order for you know Games Master in one of his games. Uh, he's going up against a guy that was that is currently called Challenger, but he was the original Games Master. Him and Games Master were friends, and when the elders started basically naming themselves Collector, Gardener, that kind of thing, that guy took, they both played games. Well, that guy took Grandmaster as the master of games, and they literally ended a friendship over a name. So they got to going back and forth with the games, getting you know higher and higher stakes, higher and higher stakes, until... Uh, the last game that they played was the stakes were the loser basically gets sentenced outside of reality and they have to stay there until the universe dies. There's the only chance they'll have to get, you know, back into somewhere. And this guy lost and Andre Gas took great pleasure in letting him know, no, no, 
It's games, bastards. He's <laughs> fading out of existence. Well, you know, thanks to the incursion, the 616 ended. Mm-hmm. So that let him back in, and he ain't happy about it. He's a big, hulking-type cosmic sucker, and he is not pleased. So it's a game between... He took the name Challenger. So it's a game between him and Games Master that you don't really know what the stakes are yet. But it's weird in that, you know, Games Master didn't pick the Avengers. The Avengers are not one of the teams. They're an obstacle. Hmm. Which is kind of neat. Okay. He they they said it. He said it on Earth because it was like you know if you want a hard, if you don't want an easy game. What we do is we set it on rough terrain. Well, they beat back Galactus. They tamed the Phoenix. They've done all this. So Earth was the rough terrain. But yeah, the Avengers aren't either one of them's team. They're an obstacle. Nice. So that one that one's kind of cool. Uh, I've been enjoying that so far. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal kind of hooked me when I read the uh, Batman Who Laughs one shot. I like the whole thing with the Nightmare Batman and stuff and the fact that it ties to Dark Knight Dark City which was a three issue run of Batman that goes back to like the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And In fact, it may have been like 89 when that came out. So I've been enjoying those two. I look forward to that. I'm looking forward to uh, the Terrifics uh, is that the one where he was a vampire? Dark Knight, Dark City is a, it's a Riddler story. But Riddler shows up and is a lot more vicious than normal. Okay, okay. And uh, it's all kind of tricking Batman into performing this ritual for this bat demon. Well, yeah, the bad guy okay. in Dark Knight's middle is Barbados. It's the bat demon. Yeah, you mentioned the Terrifics. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. But I've always been a big Mr. Perfect fan, so... Yeah, I am too. Uh, looking forward to to the at to the terrifics. And I like how it's kind of a middle finger to Marvel. Yeah, the writer just comes flat out and says, "If Marvel ain't gonna give us Fantastic Four stories, I will." Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm expecting them to come back. Uh, that Marvel two and one with the thing and Human Torch. Oh yeah, yeah. I figure the end result of that will be a new Fantastic Four. Book. Well, you know, what's his name is out at Disney basically, so yeah, um, he was the one making drop it or drop. Made them drop the Fantastic Four and kind of cut down what they could do with the X-Men. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to, uh, well, the thing, another thing I'm really enjoying is uh, Rise of the Black Panther. You've had two issues of that so far, and they go all the way, that one basically retails origin going all the way back to Azuri the Wise. Who's writing that one? Uh, Coates is on the cover, but it's not Coates. It's Renaud or something like that. The guy's got a French name. He's second in the billing. And that's the reason why anybody that looks at our page when I recommend it, I always go, don't be discouraged. Coates isn't the one writing it. Okay. Yeah. So Ronald is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I have no interest like in I said, it. Yeah, it's, it, it's well written. I've, yeah. I've been reading that. Yeah, it's it's real cool. Oh, and, yeah, it, and, it, and it ties into the uh, Black Panther, Captain America, uh, what was that, Claws of the Panther or something like that, the one that said in World War II. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's really the first something I've read that actually dealt with uh, T'Challa's mother, Niami, his actual mother, not his stepmom. So yeah, it, this one, I've been enjoying, really enjoying this one so far. I, I wish it would replace the ongoing, but I don't have a hell of a lot of hope for it. It's the only one of the, well, Black Panther long lived the king in bad either. Yeah, I've been I've been reading that one. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's not it's not as good as Rise. Both of them are better than the, the ongoing. Though. 
the sooner they get coats away from that story to both. Have you been reading the uh, was it Spirits of Vengeance? The one with Blade? Yeah. I read the first one and then I keep forgetting because I try to read every week I try to read as much stuff as I can and sometimes stuff gets lost in the shuffle. I, I've been reading that. Is it good? Yeah. It, it's, it's very good. You've got uh, Blade, uh, Ghost Rider, uh, Damien Hellstrom, and his sister, Santana. Santana? Satana. Satana. Yeah. So far as a team. And uh, sounds almost like a redo of the Midnight Sun. Yeah, almost. Just sounds like this time everybody's got powers. And the uh, first thing they've got to do is stop a breach between uh, the covenant. You have a covenant between heaven and hell. Every thousand years, they meet at kind of like the DMZ. An archangel and an archdemon meet to discuss terms. And it's neutral ground, you know. One of them, you know, here, one of them there, and they meet, and they talk, air grievances, you know, discuss whether they're going to exchange prisoners, that kind of thing. And they can't attack each other, you know. And uh, somebody has figured out how to put a monkey wrench in into the works, as it were, and, and cause cause a problem. Uh, Nicodemus the uh, mage or something has figured out how to muck the works up. And uh, they have to stop it. And so, if you want to read a good story that will, you know, that sounds cool. It, Thor, it, Death of Thor has been pretty good, and Falcon's actually good. You know, they they pit him up against Blackheart, which when that when I read the first issue, I was like, my God, they put Falcon up against Jesus. So they got to make it for all that time. He couldn't whip nobody as Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's. I've I've still yet to see Falcon like really beat up somebody, but you know, assuming he wins this and says he's the hero of the book, you assume that he will. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point he's gonna have to beat up somebody. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it, it's it's a decent makeup for his time as Captain America, where he spent all the time getting the hell beat out of him. Sometimes by his girlfriend. A lot of times by his girlfriend. And you know, between that and basically being sexually assaulted by Thor. Read the read the Avengers when they the were Jane Foster the Jane Foster. Let's just throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. take it out of your order. But yeah, yeah. Basically, whenever she wanted to taste the chocolate, hell, she just took it. She literally just grabbed him and kissed him. Why'd you do that? Because it felt like, it. you know, that's pretty sure that's sexual assault. Yep. Yep. That would qualify. But yeah, I'm I'm truthfully big too. Even though you know. About half the time, I end up going, sweet God, when the hell are you going to fix these characters? But, you know. Something else I've been rereading is the uh, original run of the G.I. Joe books. Really? Yeah. I, I ended up, when I got out of comic books, I because uh, of money and everything, I had to give up reading them, you know, partway through. And uh, so I didn't dig back through my stacks to see exactly where I stopped, so I just started reading them back at number one and and going back through and and I found where I can read them all the way through to to the end of completion so that's what I'm doing and it's like some of the stories I remember just you know with no problem because you know they just stick in your mind and and then some of the little stuff it's like 
oh yeah, that did happen. Oh yeah, they introduced that character earlier than I thought, you know. And uh, one of the things that I always thought, yeah, they did do that, didn't they? Well, I forgot about that. But like in the cartoons, you know, you always saw them shooting the red and blue lasers and nobody died. Yeah, Man, they in the were comics, sm- they shot bullets. Yeah, in the comics, they shot bullets and smoked folks like a pack of cools, yeah, yeah, but no that problem. Was, that was Larry Homblin. He was a Vietnam vet right now. Yeah. Yeah. Did what Sergeant Slaughter show up in the comics? Uh, Later on. I think he shows up. I think he shows up eventually. Yeah. Cause that, what, what was their rule? They couldn't kill any main character that had an action figure? Well, but as, the, as some of the characters' action figures kind of discontinued, then they could kill him off. Eventually, the you had uh, the first Joe in the books that died was uh, General Hawk. Yeah. I know I know you got one where you had that. General Flag. I thought it was Flag. Flag. Flag dies they, first. They named the, uh, the aircraft, aircraft carrier Flag, yeah. And then then you had go a long time without any, they thought Snake Eyes was dead, but he was off with Kenwin. And then he shows back up. And then uh, on one of the missions, you have uh, this guy, this young black guy shows up, and he doesn't even get an action figure. But he's it's his first G.I. Joe mission, and he ends up dying. And it makes the Joes rally up, and they go out and fight, and you get this guy, the, uh, the saw, uh, Cobra Saw Viper. They got a bunch of Joe's prisoner. He said yep. he's standing there guard over them. And you got one guy standing over the side talking about what what should we do with these prisoners. Saw Viper just, yeah. just mows the yeah, prisoners. He's got Doc and Quick Kick dies. Quick kick. There's like four or five yeah. of them. And it's like, as a reader and a Joe fan, you're sitting there going like, oh my God, they just, he yeah, just, they end up, they end up. If I remember right, sick in Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow on that guy. Yeah, because you know you're you're expecting you know what the and you know the the Cobra officers that are standing there when he does this and one of the main Cobra generals is kind of like, what have you done? And when, you know, Cobra, you're going to answer the Cobra commander. And when they bring this guy before Cobra commander, you did what? Get this man anything he wants. Finally, somebody that does something right. You know they. That's a good idea. Yeah, he's like, finally, you've removed some thorns from my side. Like, the good guy's going to take prisoners regardless. We don't have to. Yeah, and so all of a sudden, you know, this guy, he's, he's, you know, top cock of the walk. And then next thing you know, here comes Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes rolling through and killing everybody like the plague. And it's like, oh, my God, what have you done? Things, Things don't, if I remember right, don't end up too well for that guy. Yeah. He ends up paying for that one. Yep. All right. So that takes us to our next topic. What don't you like about comics right now? Oh, let's see. The big two, uh, the price point. The price point's a big thing with me. I got out of I got out of comics for a little bit. We went on one of our trips yep. hitting, hitting comic shops in the neighboring state. And I was looking for the DC book, one of their Hannibal Barra line, Future Quest. It deals with the Johnny Quest characters and it's them running around in, I think, in space. I think there's some time travel. But they're running into all the old 60s and 70s Hannibal Barra superhero characters. Space Ghost, the Herculoids, Birdman, the Impossibles, the Galaxy Trio. The Blue Falcon. I don't remember if he was one of them or not, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. 
and uh, it was one that I had been uh, that I'd been curious about that a buddy of mine had told me was was good. And I find all the oh here's the first six issues, three ninety nine a piece or two ninety nine a piece, whichever it was. And I could you know the art looks good. I hear the story's good. It's actually characters I'm interested in. And I after being out of out of comics for a year year and a half at this point, I cannot bring myself to spend that money. When I sit there looking, I go, well, for the price of one issue, one and a half issues, I can go buy a superhero novel off Amazon, which is where I would get my superhero fix of late is all the novels. You found so, out that your brain can make pictures good enough. Basically. I will buy the occasional trade. I've been going back, back and buying the trades of like the old 80s, you know, the new Teen Titans. You know, yeah. what, what anybody listening probably thinks of as the classic team, even though it's not the originals. You know, I've been getting the trades of those because... I read my dad's old ones, and he'd have he'd have runs and storylines, but not not the complete. Not he, yeah, he was not a completist when it came to his DC stuff. He just buy them when he ran across them. He was he was a Marvel old school Marvel zombie. So you know, I'll buy the occasional trade trade, but I cannot bring myself to buy the individual issues. That's why I started buying that Punchline comic, and now you know the ninety nine cent price point. I want to incur it because they're pricing themselves out when their current crop of readers gets older and stops buying or starts dying off for that matter, if they haven't done something to draw in younger readers, they're going to drive and blow away. Yeah. But here's your trick, because I'm, I'm going to jump in the center here. The things that they have, quote unquote, tried to do to bring in younger readers, yeah, people don't like. You know, that's the SJW, quote unquote, era Marvel was supposed to be all about, well, we're drawing in new readers, and I, I could go off on a rant about that. But that was, at least on his face, what it was supposed to do. And all they seemed to manage to do was run off, you know, the old folks who were like, yeah, that's not Iron Man. That's huh, I'm not talking about altering the books at all, other than the materials they're made out of. Get the price that's down, true. where when a little kid grabs a comic, hey, mommy, can I have a Captain America comic? And she looks at it, oh, it's a buck, it's a buck fifty, sure. Oh, it's three ninety nine. Put that crap back. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all I'm talking about. All right. Now, what you're talking about, I have a counterpoint. Sweet. With the with the age of the internet, the age of Patreon, Kickstarter, indie artists and indie comic writers are doing those stories, and then Marvel said, "Well, we want a piece of that pie," and DC said, "We want a piece of that pie." The problem there is, oh, someone's writing, you know, a gay character. Who is this person? 40-year-old straight white dude. You don't know shit about being gay. And you can go on the internet and go, hey, here's a story about a gay person by someone who's lived that life. Yeah, that story's more relatable because it actually has some truth from it. Well, I don't think the argument, though, was that the characters are untrue for the most part because I can name some that you go, yeah, that Miles Morales, I've got a friend on Facebook. He's never liked Miles. He's Puerto Rican. He goes, yeah, this this cat don't feel Afro-Latino to me at all. Plus, it's not it's because it's written by Brian Michael Bendis. You don't know what the hell that is. But I think I think the backlash was less these characters don't feel true as it was the classic comic book rule. People don't like knockoffs. If I read Iron Man and Iron Man ain't Tony Stark, I ain't really reading Iron Man. Yeah, it, it, it's like back and it from, turns and well, it turned a lot of people off. I'm not talking about that in essence. I'm talking about the fact that they said, "Well, we're going to make stories about this topic," and the, and the, to draw new readers in, and the new readers went, "Yeah, but I can read 
better about the same topic you're trying to hit on by these people over here for way less. And they know more about what they're talking about. And that's one thing you've got. The big two are struggling. I don't know if it's that they're not adapting well or what it is. And with the internet and, you know, high-speed internet being as widespread as it is, it is so easy for an indie comic publisher to get his stuff out to anybody and everybody. Now, a lot of them are sticking with that same price point, but but still, if you want to read anything on any subject, you can hit Comixology and find it. Or, you know, less reputable sites if you don't want to pay for it. I am not encouraging <laughs> such behavior, of course. This is why I stuck to Patreon comics. And web comics like One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. Bless that man. But, you know, you, it, it, for me, when, you know, back in the... Uh, 2000s, just when I got out of comics for a while, was because of the uh, cost. I uh, ran into some health issues and I had to put my money elsewhere. And uh, the the price of comics had just kept going up, going up, going up. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got into comic books, now this is going to tell my age. I was born in 1970. Okay, you a geezer. Yes, I'm a geezer. And, you know, I can remember going to the newsstand and seeing a comic book, you know, 75 cents. I remember when they went to 85 cents, 95 cents, a dollar, dollar 25. You know, I watched them go up. And then when they started hitting two, two bucks, three, you know, it's like, you know, it's like Jason when he's talking about three ninety nine for one comic book that, you know, when I was a kid was 75 cents. If you're lucky, because by the time I... Phased out of them every now and then. You like uh, the Annihilators that Marvel did? Oh, I wanted to read that book. I never. Had. I wanted to read that book. I love the characters, but it was like six bucks, seven yep. bucks an issue. Oh hell no! Yeah, I don't care what's in it. You know, it was Marvel experiment. Well, just how far can we push it? Okay, not that far. Yeah, yeah, and you know there were books out there that I wanted to get, and the price was so outrageous. It was like. Well, the, the price helped me break my habit because, well, if for me, I had a perfect storm. One, the price was getting outrageous because I had like a $30 a week. I call it my $30 a week habit because, I mean, I was going. Oh, you know, I was, if I I was set way foot, more than that when I was getting them. I, if I set foot in the comic shop, well, I, I'm, I'm talking about that's a light week. You know, it's it wasn't nothing for me to come out there 30, 40 bucks worth of comic books because yeah. I, you know, I was down for a stack of stuff. But. I bought it out of habit, and that's why I was talking about when you replace folks with a knockoff, because I bought the Avengers because buying the Avengers was just something that I did. It was a habit. Yeah. The stories weren't good, and any comic reader will tell you that you have highs and lows. Sometimes you have real good stories. Sometimes they get a bad writer, and you have, you know, it'll until they get, they get their feet, you know, it's... The stories will go kind of into the toilet for a while, but they usually kind of come back up. Yeah, well, that's, that's like me. I, the new the tricky. The tricky is with this, they were they were in a lull, and Marvel has been in a lull for a decade or better. I mean, the movies rocked, the books reaped for the most part. The X Men. In long term, I think the movies are what keeps Marvel going. Yeah, I, but yeah, DC's movies aren't doing well. DC needs to actually make some money with their books. Yeah, uh, but what I was, my point was, if I'm used to buying Iron Man and Iron Man goes into a lull, well, it's a habit. 
Yeah, and you I'm just keep doing it. Yeah. If you take Iron Man and remove him and replace him with something else that's not Iron Man, that breaks that. Because that was that was the habit. The habit was I grew up reading Iron Man. I grew up reading Thor. Yeah, there are versions of Bruce Banner's Hulk that I didn't care for. But it was a character that that anytime I picked up Incredible Hulk is great for me because it reminds me of my mother. Any Incredible Hulk book that I picked up, there was a part of me that thought about when, when I got mom read the Hulk. To yeah, when I got yeah. my first Incredible Hulk from my my older cousin's collection, and my mother read it to me as a bedtime story. There is a connection there. I don't have a connection with Amadeus Joe. He's totally awesome. Yeah, that's nice, but he'll never get a dime of my money because that's not Hulk, and that puts me on side with people that that dislike it for a completely different reason. You know, some folks big as hell. God knows I've run, I've told enough of them to go play in traffic in my time. But the trick is on that is that gimmick doesn't work. It's a gimmick because one, you know, it's killing time. You know, Bruce Banner's coming back. In fact, he's supposed to be coming back in No Surrender. Yeah. So it's a waste of time. I have no. There's no emotional connection to me and Amadeus Cho at all. And they want me to pay, you know, damn near five bucks for it. No. And it it, would, it made it easy to kind of go, you know what? Yeah, I'm done. You know, I'll buy the action figures. I'll go buy an essential or something. But I'm pretty much done. And with Jason's point where you're not really getting new readers because they're so high, you're not getting little kids in it. You got a dying art form. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree, I agree yeah, well, completely on that. I'd say a dying company. Not the art form itself is still going strong, just not from their point. Um, that's yeah. true. The independents will keep going because the small independents can adapt quickly as technology changes. Where your big lumbering companies essentially are going to have a little trouble. Well, also, your big company has to do, let's say, uh, for Marvel, over a hundred separate comics. Was that too many? I know DC for a while was fixated on the number 52. Yeah. But, all right, let's but they probably say, published more than that under Vertigo and right, some of their other... Let's just say 50. Let's just base number 50. Mm-hmm. Something changes in the scene. You now have to adapt 50 different comics to it in at least 10 different ways. Because you don't want to put five comics that all change the same way that someone's reading because they won't read all five when they change the exact same way. Well, the independents, they've got two or three comics that they write. You know, it's some Patreon person going, here's my three comics, so much a month. I'll keep doing them. It's three comics. They can just go, all right, this is the direction I'm going. It's just three. Mm-hmm. Their their cost for change is so low in comparison to big companies. He may have a point there. I am curious to see in the future how it all shakes out. I would hate to see comics go away completely. Well, I, I know one thing, because I've talked... Talking with artists on uh, DeviantArt who deal with Marvel and DC, um, you know, independent artists who deal with Marvel and DC on a regular basis, I should say, they uh, have made the comments there that um, you see a pattern from the, the, the big two when it comes to uh, these overall arcs. Or, or artwork in general, or, or their books in general, 
like he's saying, like we've got, just say a flat number of 50 books and, and okay, we're going to do this as a, as a sweeping thing changes through uh, a generation or through a year. Like, let's say Trump, okay? He's changed the face of politics. We all agree? We can all agree yeah. with that? Or he, yeah. took, or he took off a mask. But as something changes the face in politics, like say a president or a world event when the Trade Center towers, mm-hmm. that's, that's okay? you that's something that you're going to insert into the comic books at some point in time. That's just a given. Well, it's an unplanned event usually, but it happens. So you have to take that into consideration. That, that, like the first Spider-Man movie Sony did, where the original teaser trailer had, had him around the World Trade Center, and you know they had to go and fix some stuff in the movie after, right. after the events happened. All right, so the problem is a lot of times your your board members or your higher-ups, they might get together in a little room and talk these things out, but then that information doesn't always get disseminated properly you know, to the people mm-hmm. at the right times. That's why some of this is chopped up, is the impression that I got from the people that I've talked to, or the artists that I've talked to, and the inkers that I've talked to. It's so basically like, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Right. It's like the big guys make a decision on Monday, and sometimes it's Friday before the little guy finds out. And on a, on a day, in these days and times, when you've got... This kind of technology, you know, I can pick up a phone or send a, you know, email. Hey, we've decided to make this change. I know it, it seems it seems less change and more event driven. It in that that's not a mistake. It's done on purpose. It's well, new number ones give you a a sales spike. So yeah, we got Captain America number one. They've they've done it in reverse with Legacy. Where they know, well, you know, Captain America's, you know, a character's how damn old. And they went, well, you know, you should have damn near 700 some issues of Cap. Eh, but we're sitting at 13 because we get a new number one every two or three years. Well, let's change it back to its original number. So you'll look at the books now and go, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 327. Because Legacy, basically, the event this time, instead of a new number one, is an old 300. You know, DC is doing the same thing. Yeah, you know, it's, they're, they're they're trying to get action comics back to the original number yeah, for issue one thousand. Yeah, it's and it's you know if if that whole well it's an event thing. Uh, Iceman didn't gay because that was a natural evolution of the character. They knew if they made Iceman gay, it'd be on CNN mm-hmm. and people would talk about it and folks would go, "Hey, I'm gonna pick up this is the one where he comes out. I'm going to buy that." And that's it's event driven. It's event-driven. Oh, well, let's do this and cause a controversy, and you'll get that spike. But the trick is, each time they get that spike, it's a little less and a little less and a little less. You know, the but death of... They clearly have no plan on what to do other than... Yeah, yeah. spike down the, getting bigger. The death of Jean Grey back from the 70s when Phoenix committed suicide is a classic story that no matter when you got into X-Men, it affected the books for years, you know, and it happened, I think that death actually happened when I was a toddler. But when I got into X-Men, you were reading the books, hey, who's this Jean Grey person? Oh, man, I got to read that. Because yeah. if you're into it, you had to do that. But 
Who cares about who remembers the last time Captain America died? Because he died a couple of times just in the past few years. Who remembers the last three times Jean Grey has died? Yeah. Because they keep bringing her back to the Wacker. Yeah, they, they literally they just brought her back last week. Dead horse. Yeah, they brought her back last week, you know, for however long until you get another, you know, oh, it's the death of Jean Grey. Well, how many times has she been dead? Uh, how many times has Spider-Man died? How many times has Colossus died? How, well, you know, it's, it's like this. It's getting cheaper every time that they do it because... There's no finality. There's one, no finality to it. And two, it's not, you don't get the shock value because it literally just happened. Yeah, well, used to, they could say, well, Bucky was the only character that was dead that stayed dead. Yeah, they used My to say... My father was fond of saying that. Yeah, they used Bucky's Bucky, back. Bucky, he, and I, Bucky, Bucky and Uncle Ben were the only two Marvel characters that stayed dead. Yeah. And, you know, they brought Bucky back. Well, it wouldn't shock me if Uncle Ben walks through the door in, yeah. in, in, a, in another Spider-Man movie. So, you know, all, all bets are freaking off. But you end up with, like I said, these cheap pops. It's a cheap yeah. pop. Hey, Jane Foster's Thor. Let's announce it on The View. Yes! It's, 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 and and most of the people cheering that aren't buying the books anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, and it wasn't meant to last. I know when I talk about racial characters, one, one thing I'm fond of saying is... A push for Monica Rambo is better than a black aunt May. Because Monica is Spectrum. She's got a character arc. She was Captain Marvel. She was Photon. She's been leader of the Avengers. She's been member of the Ultimates. She's got, you know, different lovers and all this. There's a arc to that character. Yeah. She's yeah, been around. You come in and go, okay, Cap's black now. Well, one, it ain't Steve, so you know that ain't gonna last. Two, they they went out of their way to make sure that no person that read that book went, man, he's a better captain, Steve, at all. Considering you yeah. had you had any of the Bradleys, you had Josiah that you know went into black character limbo that never came back, that actually had the super soldier serum. You got Eli that was running around as Patriot, that he had a better power set than Cap. That if you were going to tell that story, truthfully, only thing you had to do was replace Falcon with Eli. If they were going to tell it that way, because when Falcon took over, originally he wasn't his own man. Old man Steve was in an earpiece in his ear telling him what to do. Well, as a grown man, that's less than. If it had been Eli who was a young teen, it made sense. It would have made sense because you would yeah, deal with Steve somebody that did not have. Yeah, you would, he would not have had that experience and would have been growing into the role. For Sam to be have to have Sam's been an Avenger. Sam's been running around, you know, forty years. What are you talking about? So it's the cheap pop nature of the thing that you know you burn people out. Tell a decent story. Yeah, that was well, the best X Men story I've read in probably the past ten years. Was it was a rise and fall of the Shi'ar Empire. Yeah, it was a really good one. And. It didn't have Wolverine in it. It didn't have Storm in it. It didn't have Cyclops in it. It had a ad hoc kind of team of X-Men. It was easily the best X-Men story I've read in a decade. Easily. But you had you had a great writer. You had Ed Brubaker writing the thing. Well, Brubaker knows a good story or knows how to write yeah, a good story. Yeah, Marvel, and Marvel losing him, it shows. Bendis and eh, him going to DC just means he goes screw up DC for a while. Yeah. Brubaker leaving Marvel, yeah, that hurt because Brubaker wrote a Captain America book for a year, didn't have Captain America in it, and it was still good. 
Yep, I started playing Cap again during that run. I mean, it was a year between Steve's death and Bucky Cap, and that book rocked that entire time. Yeah, well, he wrote a competent character. He wrote a competent book. Like I said, it didn't have the main character in it. Yeah. It literally did not have the main character in it. It was basically a team book with uh, yep. Black Widow, Falcon, Falcon. and uh, Winter Soldier. Yep. And it worked. So, you know, if I would like, for my piece, I would like to see comics go back to story-driven stories as opposed to event-driven stories. Yeah. Give me, give me a couple of years where it don't cross over into nothing. Tell me a story that makes me want to buy this book. Well, and a cheaper price point would not hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, the, yeah, the cheaper price point for me would be required because even if you're telling a good story, I'm not paying you know $4 a book for it. It's not going to be that good a story, I'm pretty sure. Because you can get a, a good story that takes you, you know, five more weeks to get through in a book form for that price point. Five more days. Uh, well, I mean, like, but yeah, if you yeah. sat down and read it once a week, like, for the time period you read a comic. Gotcha, so gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I should have explained that a little bit better. Yes, dollars spent per time entertained is, is much better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anybody got any last words? I think I've said my piece. Yeah, I've said my piece. Independent comics will keep going up till another contender shows up, rallying a bunch of other independent writers together, probably. Would be my assumption of what's going to happen soon. Okay. Well, that's been our talk about the state of comic books today. What do you think? What are your favorite comics? Which one of us do you agree with? Do you agree with all of us? Do you think somebody's an asshole? Write, comment, share. Let us know what you think. And until next week, we will catch you later. Peace. Peace.